Mattress Practice Audio. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow is Mac Media Day, and it's, you know, it's okay. Uh, if you've ever been to Mac Media Day, and if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you haven't. Unless you're part of the media, then there's a good chance that you have. You know, it's 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 okay. It's a good reason to go to Detroit in the summer, but, I don't know, traffic, it's not fun. Just a one-day event, last few hours, two and a half hours. Officially, it's like uh, two and a half, three and a half hours, thereabouts, but it's, it doesn't really feel like that because it's just one room... It just, it's all at once. It's not like other media days where everyone gets a chance at the podium. They spread it out between, you know, two days like the CUSA and the American have done. Or, you know, probably like a week like the SEC. It's just one day, a couple hours. Dr. John Steinbrecher, Matt Commissioner, he'll give his uh, state, of the com- uh, state of the conference at 11. And then he'll have a couple more speakers and they do pictures. And then they say, okay, everybody get into your to your tables, spread across the room. And media, if you want to talk to whichever team you want, go for it. It is just a free-for-all. So all the beat reporters, so Jason Arkley is going to go straight to Ohio at that point. If Evan Pretzold was uh, still in Michigan right now, he'd be at the central table. Caleb Carter, buddy, he will be at the NIU table right away. But after that, when you can like go from table to table, you know there's still conversations going on. But all the coaches and the players that are there, they have to go to ESPN at three at a time to kind of throw a bone in that, and you kind of have to work around their schedule at that point. But you know they give you an itinerary at that uh, when the coaches and players are leaving to see ESPN for a little bit to do a quick little. Uh, I'm optimistic about the season bit to put on ESPN3. Always fun to watch. Gotta love when they provide optimism for me every year. It's the reason I love Media Day. But, you know, if you want to be that kind of guy to go around and talk to most or at least even half of the teams, it gets tiring for everybody because you got to kind of have to squeeze it in and, like I just said, three hours-ish. Well, really less than that. Uh, About two, two and a half hours you know, some teams just kind of want to leave early because, you know, it's 1.30 and no one's talked to them in the past 10 minutes and they already did their ESPN stuff. You know, they can hit the road if they feel like it. Uh, or they just, you know, everyone just gets kind of winded. It's just a lot of talking, a lot of optimism, a lot of uh, knowing you're in front of the microphone, knowing that you have a brand that you have to promote here. And it's it just gets tiring and it's just not fun for Coaches, if if I start out at the Ohio table and I don't get to Sean Lewis until an hour and a half later, and I ask him the same question that he was asked, you know, an hour and a half ago, hour ten minutes ago, forty five minutes ago, and I didn't get to hear any of those answers, he probably doesn't want to answer those, and I wouldn't either. But I I would love to be the one to advocate for a longer Mac media. I think that's actually kind of what I'm doing inadvertently, but you know, I understand why there are time. Uh, restraints there and why they do it the way they do. I just wish they wouldn't. But the important thing that we have to talk about here is that also tomorrow is when the media picks for the Mid-American Conference, and I think the coaches picks as well, uh, will come out. And I'm not going to be part of that pool. I used to be. I am no longer part of that pool, uh, mostly just because I left Hustle Belt a long time ago. But I have my predictions, my divisional picks up on MacProspectus.com right now. I have NIU winning the West, and I have Ohio 
winning the East. And I don't think either of those are hot takes, but the NIU one is was a little bit harder for me to peg on. I think Ohio's a pretty easy favorite in the East, right? Uh, they have the best quarterback. They have Frank Solich coming in for his 15th year. Whenever he has to hire coaches like he did, he's usually just gone from within. Had to replace his defensive coordinator, hired, promoted from within. Uh, they hired a guy to coach up the offensive or defensive line who was a graduate assistant for the last three years. Uh, they had to replace their O-line coach, and they got someone who has, like, 24 years of coaching experience, which is going to be really good. But, yeah, j- even if you just, like, look at the rest of the East and just kind of pick out who's not the worst of them, it's, it just gets easier in that perspective. Buffalo's, you know, it's it lost a lot of pieces, but it's returning a good portion of its coaching staff that I really like. And who knows, maybe the strength and development will pay off. Plus, the running backs are really good. That'll, you know, keep them in games. Miami, they're perpetually 5-7, and seven, so I don't have to really think too hard about them. Kent State, they could win four games this year. And looking beneath them, Bowling Green, Akron, I think that they're just arm-wrestling with each other to be the fifth or sixth best team right now. And I think Kent State's got enough experience and enough, uh, you know, enough playmakers on offense, namely Woody Barrett, namely Mike Kerrigan, namely Joel Shaw, namely Antoine Dixon namely Isaiah McCoy. I think they have enough pieces to be fun still. And the fact that there are a lot of returning starters on both sides of the ball, I think that Kent State, you know, maybe Kent State could sneak a fifth game in there. Who knows? But I don't see them finishing in the top half of the East still. Uh, But it'd be cool. It'd be cool. But over at the West, obviously that's when things get pretty hairy. I have NIU winning the West, like I said followed by EMU, Western, Toledo, Ball State, and Central. NIU is NIU is a really fun pick. I In the MAC Championship game, I picked Ohio over NIU only because I haven't seen what NIU can totally do, which if I say it like that, then I'm being pretty unfair to the point that, you know, that they're going to win the West. But you know what? Whatever. I, I really, really like uh, NIU's trajectory here. I think they made the right hire with Thomas Hammock. Uh, I think Thomas Hammock has followed that hire up by making great hires all across the board. Two of my favorite coaching uh, coaching hires that he has made, Eric Eidsness at from South Dakota, and I really or South Dakota State, and I really liked that he hired away Buffalo's offensive line coach Daryl Egpalza. If you remember much about Buffalo season last year, Tyree Jackson got a lot of attention, but a lot of that attention was helped because that O-line blocked phenomenally for him. They, if you remember, didn't allow a sack for the first half of the season. It didn't. It took until like the Toledo game, which was October 12th time, you know, somewhere in that area, week six, I think, uh, which which is good. Like that's that's an eye-popping stat for me especially in the direction that NIU wants to go. They also got Ross Bowers from Cal, and looks like he'll be the starting quarterback this year. He is more of a threatening pocket passer than Marcus Childers has been. I know that he finished the season, well, I shouldn't say the season, but he really finished that MAC championship game on strong, but that's, I, th- I think that's the best performance he'll ever have. I don't see him replicating that um, until I'm proven up. Until I'm proven wrong otherwise, obviously. But NIU's usually really good. They can figure things out. They recruit very well. They have a very strong recruiting footprint in the state of Illinois, and they keep that going. They're doing well in Wisconsin, too, and Michigan, too. 
Uh, so there's no drop off at recruiting as far as I can see. So NIU is still going to be good as talent goes. As long as strength and conditioning keeps on doing what it's doing, it'll be great. It's still keeping the culture that it's had for since Hammock was in college at NIU. And so I think NIU doesn't have to do a lot of change. They just need a better offense at this point. Sure, they have to replace a couple of defensive ends, one of them being a two-time All-American in Sutton Smith, and that's not easy to do, but I think that their linebacking group is super good, and they usually do a good enough job in uh, in the secondary to you know to shorten up the field a little bit. So I think NIU is in a good place, and I could see them. I don't know if they'll fit. I don't know if they'll clean up the West. You know that's the thing. And NIU and Ohio. This will be pretty important for the standings. NIU and Ohio play each other in the middle of the season. They play. They play on October 12th. They play on October 12th at Peden Stadium. If Ohio loses that game, which I, you know, it's home for them, so that's kind of hard to hard to look at. If Ohio loses that game, I still think that they can beat Buffalo, Miami, Kent State, Bowling Green, Akron, just fine, and still make it here. If NIU loses this game, then they can't survive another loss to Eastern, Western, or Toledo. And you know what? Ball State and Central, they always escape out a win from someone every year, you know? I think that it's just, it'd be so much harder for NIU because then they have to win tiebreakers, they have to beat the right Mac West opponents and lose to, I don't know, man, no one else. Like, only, uh, who, else, who could they lose to and probably survive? Probably Eastern. But who knows? It, it'll, it'll be tough. That will be such an important game. Um, one, it's just one thing that I, I, I hate division so much, but gotta have them, I guess. But yeah, that'll be important. After that, obviously, I have Eastern, Western, Toledo, Ball State, Central Michigan. I think Eastern's got an incredibly good defense. At at worst, it's the third best defense in the league. At best, it's the best. They have probably the best secondary. Um, with Brody Hoying, with Kevin McGill, with Vince Calhoun, I should have led with him. He's it's really good. And on offense, they got enough returning pieces. All they need is just improvement at running game. And I've they need a better running game, not just from the quarterback, but from the running backs themselves. Because that's been an area that's it hasn't been very optimistic. Hasn't been very good for Eastern in the past few years. Which is weird because when Shaq Van was a freshman, it was starting to look really good. That was also when Darius Jackson had a 1,000-yard rushing season before being drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. I I think, now I know I have these guys in third, but if I had to pick my second favorite to win the West, it would be Western. And I say that because if Western is as good as it should be, considering how highly they've recruited and how close to success they've already been to, They've had a whole four years since then. That was 2015 when they went to the title game with with Fleck and they went to the Cotton Bowl. You know, they have a three-year starter at quarterback. They have Caleb Ellaby behind him who's already shown that he's really impressive. Um, So it's a favorable quarterback position or uh, quarterback situation. Sure, they lose Bird Reed. Sure, they lose Keyshawn Watson. But they get Cortez Lewis. They recruited really well at wide receiver the last few years. It's just a matter of time before someone shows up, you know, they don't have to show up week one, but someone has to show up 
late September, early October, and then that's when we'll see what Western's all about. Also, they have a defense that's been really struggling, and a first-time defensive coordinator in Tim Dowst. I think that they could do well. You know, the best thing that I've heard from anybody on that on that front is that, um, and I don't pay attention to how well they do in practice right now. I'm just not totally there. I'm just kind of waiting to see how all the position changes shake out. But they have a first-time defensive coordinator, and the best thing that I've heard is that a lot of players love playing for him, which is important. I'm not underselling that. I'm just saying that's the best thing that I've heard. Here's the worst thing that you've heard about Western, though, is that the schedule that they haven't faced yet, at Toledo, at Eastern, at Ohio, and at NIU, those are easily four of the best teams in the MAC. Easily. Good luck with that. And then Toledo, Toledo, I know, I know Toledo gets a lot of love, and Toledo deserves a lot of love. Everything that I said about recruiting for, for Western, for NIU, um, really for Western, though. But Toledo is usually the number one, number two recruiting class year after year. Uh, they, they do pretty well with Jason Candle. They still have their identity with offense, but they kind of don't at the same time. Last year, they, you know, injuries kind of helped this happen. But it was Mitch Guadagni and Eli Peters both at quarterback for most of the year. And there was a big recruiting battle between them going into the season before they landed on Guadagni the week of. The week of is when they announced. The week of the uh, the first game of the season. Guadagni was more of a dual threat guy. Peters is more of a pocket guy. And neither of them were really excellent at what they did. I don't know. If, if anyone knows me, I'm just not optimistic about them too. And personally, I just think that Toledo's in a place where they're better off just throwing Carter Bradley out there, the redshirt freshman now, and just saying, hey man, this, how far can you take us? He was an Elite 11 quarterback, he was a four-star prospect, he was part of the 2018 signing class, enrolled early. You know what, just, let's just see what it's about. You know, why, why wait? Why wait? There's so much turnover, especially at wide receiver, and I think that's a big, you know, that's, that's going to hurt a lot. Last year going into the season, it didn't matter too... Well, it did matter a lot. But the group of receivers that they had, Deontay Johnson, Cody Thompson, John V. Johnson, they could limit the mistakes that quarterbacks made. But I've, I can remember off the top of my head two times when Guadagni, short side of the field, underthrew screen passes to Deontay Johnson. And, you know, it's only two throws that I can think of, right? But there are two <laughs> very simple throws that just... Slowed the hell down, slowed Toledo's offense down so much. And it, when you look at those throws and you're like, you know what, I, I, can't, I can't trust his arm. He, he's literally under-throwing a ball from second base to first base, you know? Not even. So when he's a little unreliable in that regard, I wouldn't trust him more from the plane calling perspective to, you know, throwing tight windows over the middle, throwing tight windows to the sideline. Just throw it to a... Destined shoulder. It's, I don't know. I'm just very, I'm just not very optimistic. And Toledo went seven and six last year. You know, this is Toledo we're talking about. This is a Toledo that came off a MAC championship season, and Jason Candle was very much a a celebrity in his own right. By, um, I don't know if celebrity is the right word, but you know, his name came up a lot when it came to the recruiting, uh, recruiting, not recruiting, the coaching circus where everyone's just finding new jobs right after the year, you know, in December and January and February. 
Jason Candle's name came up a lot. He was linked a lot to UCF when, after Scott Frost left for Nebraska. That ended up not happening. Now he goes from that an 11-win season to 7-6. and six. What are you going to do in 2019 to right this ship? What is this team going to do to prove that it's better than Western, better than Eastern, better than NIU? You, he, they really have to win two out of those three games, and that's going to be hard. But here's the thing, that Toledo gets all three of those West teams, Western, Eastern, NIU. They get all of them at home, and that's that's going to help them out a lot. When I look at the schedule like that, the more I realize, oh, this should be Toledo's year. But it just didn't really see it last year. And one other thing that I'm kind of scared of, uh, before all the freshmen got on campus, there were only three scholarship running backs on the team. Actually, there were only three running backs on the team. Kobeck Bryant, Shaquille Seymour, Ronnie Jones. They're all really talented, and I would trust any one of them. I would just be really, really, really paranoid if one of them got hurt for a little bit. And if those are the three running backs you're going to rely on, not just for this year, because I think Ronnie might be the only senior. If those are the three running backs you're going to rely on all year, and two of them are going to be back next year for sure, uh, man, I just, it's just, it'd just be hard to risk it. But, you know, who knows? They'll get more depth once the freshmen get in, once they get more reps, and once they, you know, earn their stripes to get playing time on Saturdays and not just, you know, be scout team guys. But until then, when you only have three running backs to work with, for the most part, I don't know. I, I just wonder what that does to play calling. I really just wonder what that does to the team. They have six quarterbacks and three running backs. Ball State, this is a, I wrote this down, this is a prove-it year for Mike New. Um, I think that he's been around long enough, and he they, they just need to see improvement. They just need to have six and six. It just needs to happen. If it doesn't happen this year... I don't know how we can keep trusting Mike New. You know, he, he's, he's had to deal with a lot of crap. Obviously, the injury nuke season in 2017. Then last year, you know, they just weren't ready yet. They were still young. They were still being competitive. They were good. They beat Western. They beat Western. It could happen again. But can they put it all together this year, even with a new quarterback that's been marinating in the system for, what, three, four years now in Drew Plitt? I don't know. It, they've got a lot to prove. I think they can beat Central. And... Who knows? Maybe Toledo. Maybe. I don't see them really being much else in this division. Central? Central Michigan, I think Jim McElwain's going to have a different look for this team. They're going to have a different attitude. He's going to play like he doesn't care about the past because he wasn't here and he shouldn't care about the past too much. He should just only improve on the season. But they lost a lot of guys that were already familiar with one another. And maybe that's probably for the best considering they had a 1-11 season last year. But... Easily the most hurtful transfer was Mike Dana. Mike Dana was going to be the best defensive player in the MAC, at least coming into the season. Now he's at Michigan. You know, that hurts. That hurts a lot. And that's a defense that also lost two NFL cornerbacks to the draft. Uh, one of them left early, Sean Bunting. Well, Xavier Crawford did too. He, he had a freshman uh, senior season coming. But, you know, it's honestly, someone has to finish last, and Central's the best candidate to do it. It's just a lot of it's just a lot of crap that they have to clean up, and if they don't clean things up, then they're in for another sixth place finish, and you know that's fine by me. But yeah, if you want to uh, if you want to disagree with me, that's fine. You can be wrong. Uh, you can just at me on the Twitters at MacRespectus at ARLRado13. You can leave a comment on MacRespectus.com on either 
this podcast or you know that that post where I have all my predictions. Uh, it shouldn't be too long. You can skim through that really quickly. Again, tomorrow I'll be at Mac Media Day. I'll talk to I'll talk to some people. I don't want to do it the way I have done before. I don't like running around finding coaches and just I don't know trying to make them sound excited because they're they're not at that point. At some point they're not. Um, but I'll I'll come back with some content. I'll I'll leave that a mystery to you. But until then, thank you again for listening and have a great day.